All right, so let's start with admittedly a big question. Um, what would you say motivates you as a teacher? What drives you to get up every morning and um, teach your students? Um, further education is my priority. I feel like um, giving them a memorable experience to take with them to the next grade level um, so that they can continue to be successful from year to year is really the crux of what I do. And what led you to choose teaching as a profession? I originally wanted to be an artist. Happened to be a freshman in college the year of um, 9-11. When that happened, I kind of had a, like a change of heart. And it like really changed the entire trajectory of my life. And after that happened, I really felt a need to be closer to home and then do something that impacted our world to make it a better place um, more directly. So then I... Um, I actually transferred schools and um, started in looking at human development and learning and looking at psychology and things like that. So I'm actually, my undergrad is in psychology. But while I was doing that, I taught um, high school color guard um, with a bunch of marching bands and really enjoyed the connections that I had with students. And so I was encouraged by the band directors that I worked with that um, just to go ahead and go on into the classroom. So when I got my master's degree, that's what I did. I'm walking through a typical day of yours. How would you describe your classroom? What does success look like for your classroom? What conversations would I hear um, from students having among each other or one-on-one -on -one with you? Just paint that picture for me um, about your classroom day-to-day. -day. All right. Well, I teach language arts. So um, most of what... Our, we deem our successes is can we effectively communicate what we've learned and can we accurately back it up? So we would look at success in students being able to do that. And then um, the conversation students would have um, on a daily basis with me or um, with each other is where can I find that information in the text? Can you prove what you're saying? They really challenge each other with accountable talk as to can you do this, um, are you sure, um, and just where did you find that information. Makes a lot of sense, and especially at this grade level, why do you feel that those skills are important for students to really develop? Well, I mean, that's the basics of any curriculum that they're going to have from here on out. They're going to have to be able to read something and know, you know, how to interpret that text, and then really continue to back everything that they say from this point forward up with fat, with evidence instead of with things from wherever. Really that, that specificity of the location of where they got the information. And as a busy educator, um, how has professional learning fit into that day-to-day, -day, right? As you're really designing lessons, um, leading classroom instruction, say before micro-credentials, how were you able to develop the skills that you needed? A lot of it was going out and finding what I needed on my own. Uh, my district offers a whole lot of opportunities, um, but I found that for me to specifically develop my craft, that I was having to go and find webinars or things like that on my own. It's always been really self-directed for me to get something out of the PD. If it's been something that's been kind of a directive from the system, 
that that's been what it is. But the stuff for it that I needed to do to improve has been more self-directed. Um, so then micro credentials, of course, I can kind of fill in the gap as to why they make sense considering all of that. But what sparked your desire to include micro credentials? Well, in my state, we, uh, Tennessee, we did a pilot of using micro credentials, um, to see kind of how there was an educator impact. And I was selected to be a part of that pilot. So that was really my first taste into the micro-credential world and my, 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 intro, and my intro completely. So once you were given word that you would be participating in this pilot, were there certain questions or challenges that you were having in the classroom with students or a certain piece of the curriculum that you were hoping to have micro-credentials in some way address? Um, I think that always, like in Tennessee, we have a very detailed rubric for our teacher evaluation systems. And so we always are looking at certain areas to improve. And for me, as a language arts teacher, sometimes problem solving um, and my questioning can always be improved in, in my instructional work so that student outcomes are better and that I can I can better fine-tune my questioning so that I am not really cluing but I might be um, really just guiding instead so those are kind of the, the areas that kind of stood out for me as personal growth and then always building problem solving in so let's pivot now to the specific micro micro credential you earned mm-hmm. why was the crafting driving question micro credentials so compelling to you well, it was outside of my, this is, a, I should preface this, that this is probably an answer that most people wouldn't give. Um, but I felt like from what was offered in terms of questioning, and we did have some micro-credentials collections curated for us as part of the pilot. Um, there were lots of things on there that I felt like I could already do. And I took micro-credentials as not just showing what I can do, but learning and then showing that knowledge. And so I kind of took a, took a challenge on that because it seemed to be something that would be great for my curriculum and for my content area, for my students, but that I really was not comfortable with at the point um, where I began. So I took most, I talked to other micro-credential um, other people achieving micro credentials, and they've said, "Well, man, the first one, I just went for something that I knew I could do." Um, but I, but it, it spoke to me as it was going to make me better, so that's what I went for. That's great. And walk me through a bit of the actual process to gathering your evidence that you would submit for the micro credential. So, what was that experience like with your students actually taking some of the resources and support? that the micro-credential provided and seeing them implemented in your classroom? Well, um, I made my students part of the project and they were in on it from the first day of what we were doing, why we were trying to do it, um, really looking at it from the aspect that they were going to have to improve, you know, they were going to be the ones improving, not just me. And um, so Really, to I, what what we did is we really looked at the materials provided and created some guiding documents to help those students work through some of the questioning phases because there's a lot of steps to crafting a driving question and there's a lot of rework and there's a lot of revisiting resources. Um, 
So they needed something to kind of anchor their thoughts. So we created that. And then as they worked through all of that, we'd stop and talk and really see where people were successful and then where they needed um, more time. And we looked at it in my class from a research project phase because that fits right in with our curriculum. So it seems pretty natural. So if you really understand a big part of the language arts curriculum at this grade level to really equipping students to be able to, you know, evidence their claims so that they can actually back up and give support. What was the connection you saw these driving questions having with um, improving that particular skill? Well, a lot of times in the classroom, they are given, you know, well, I'd say 90% of the time in the classroom, they're given, they're given topics from me and they are given what they're supposed to read from me. And this really turned the ownership into the student's hands when they created the driving question. Then they, you know, were seeking to find everything they could about it. They had that, that ownership and they had that drive within them because it was theirs to really find the evidence that they needed to really be as accurate as possible because they were the one being the expert. They were the one in charge of that, of that task. And how would, how did some of your students react to this kind of shifting of ownership in the classroom where they were really in the driving seat of, you know, discovering new information? Um, this, there, the group I chose to do this with was pretty varied. I tried to find a group that had all representations of learners um, in it. And I found that some of my higher students really struggled with the ownership because they're used to things being so rigid in a box and they're high students because they're good at school and they're good at being um, in that classroom environment. The students that struggled more didn't have those rigors built into them. I feel like that rigid structure built into themselves. And so they, they had that freedom there because they weren't so in tune with what school's supposed to be that they felt, you know, it was easier for them to go outside of the box, which I think is something that, that speaks a lot to as we're trying to reach every learner that, you know, that might be a, a clue there is that that more personalized learning does free up those students that aren't good at school to, to be successful. So recognizing those insights and, you know, new discoveries around students and how your students are learning, how has your approaches to instruction post earning the micro credential shifted, if at all? Um, how are you kind of importing those insights around, you know, my, what I thought to be really high achieving students actually struggle in this particular area. You know, what are new ways that you are designing lessons to really make sure you're, you're continuing this momentum? Well, I'm definitely trying not to, to think about stereotypes and well, the high kids are going to get this because, and the low kids are going to need help because I'm trying not to have those sentences um, be part of my planning process. Um, I'd love to say that I have more of an opportunity. I've been trying to give them more independent choice on things, but just the rigors of of the content and the curriculum that we have, there's not enough opportunities yet for that to happen. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will happen. But 
I am mindful of the needs that students have. Um, and I'm mindful of sometimes how we can forget about those with the stereotypes we do put on students um, because of their performance level. So I'm, I'm really more mindful in, about that when planning. That makes a lot of sense. And as you say, continue your micro-credential journey outside of just this particular one, what are some of the new questions or more or less hopes you have um, as you continue earning micro-credentials and discovering new competencies that you want to develop? I really hope to define those micro-credentials that are going to help me just continue to have those aha moments about my students. I think the the biggest takeaway for me with crafting driving questions was, was that idea about like the expectations we have as students and the expectations that come along with stereotypes. So I, I, I love how micro-credentials ask you to do novel activities with your students that can open your eyes to those things. That's awesome. I hope those aha moments continue to happen. Those are what I think make teaching you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things <laughs> that goes on in a classroom. <laughs> and, you know, when you can have those aha moments with your students, and I think you flagged something really important, which is from the very from the very start, you made it clear that this micro credential experience was something both you and your students were sharing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It was going to be new for both of you. And I think that's really powerful when students can see their teacher learning new things as they learn them. Um, So that was it. Um, So again, thanks so much for chatting and have a great rest of the day. You too.